Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications. Thanks for tuning in to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. Looking for some things to do on this Memorial Day weekend? We'll start off by telling you about another weekend of a theater production at the Pennsylvania Theater for Performing Arts in Hazleton. Director Adam Randis is here to tell us about that championship season. We'll also hear about the upcoming inaugural Lackawanna County Heritage Fair that starts this coming Wednesday at Montage Mountain. And if you need dental work, we have some information about an upcoming event you won't want to miss. But first, it's Adam Randis. Why did you decide that you would like to take on that championship season? Why that particular show? Well, it's intimately connected to this area. It's written by uh, Scranton native Jason Miller, who went on to have a very successful career in Broadway and in film. He was the young priest of the Exorcist, nominated for an Academy Award for that. And this is his first major full play, and it actually takes place in the Lackawanna Valley. They don't come right out and say that it takes place in Scranton, but it essentially is a stand-in for Scranton. So it has a lot of local flavor. From a director's point of view, is that maybe sometimes a little bit tricky because people are more familiar with maybe some of the things that uh, are included in the play and they're saying, well, wait a minute, that might be a little different, you know, rather than taking on something that has no local familiarity. I think it can, that can work both ways. Um, Because the, because Jason Miller set the play in a fictional town that's never really named. uh, It's about a, group of men who basically never never grew out of the fact that they were high school basketball champions in 1952. And this is the 20th anniversary of their championship win. They're meeting at the house of their coach, um, who it appears as if is um, probably not going to make it too many more reunions. So in that way, it, it has a sort of universality in its lack of specific place. But in a general sense, just having a show that in the Lackawanna Valley deals with the the way that people talk in this area, you know, it's very coal region in terms of the ethnic background of the guys, the way that they speak with each other, the rhythms of their speech, so that it's non-specific enough to appeal to a wider audience. But for the people in our area, I think these guys, the things that they talk about, the kind of foibles of their lives are very intimately familiar to us in a way that you don't oftentimes see reflected, you know, on stage in big productions. One of the things we also have to mention for anyone who isn't familiar with the show, it's not a musical. 
Oh no, definitely not. It's um, it's very much a um, it's very much a play, and it's uh, it deals with themes that are more adult in nature in terms of the dialogue, in terms of the language and profanity used by these men. They're in their late thirties, and in many ways, they haven't really grown out of the kind of locker room banter style of speaking with each other or even living their lives. In many ways, they still look to their coach to kind of be their life coach as much as he was their coach on the basketball court. And that has its, um, that has had its positives for those men in their own way. The four men who show up to the reunion are successful, but it also has its negatives. The coach is not necessarily um, a, an ideal role model for um, how to live your life and the sort of belief systems that he, uh, that he tried to instill in his boys. And speaking of the uh, participants, who do you have cast in the uh, different roles? As, as you said, it's not a very big cast because it focuses on just this particular one group. So it's not like it's a cast of thousands. No, it's a very intimate cast. Um, these, are, um, these are actors um, who have come from, from, around, uh, from around the area. We have two folks who are from the, uh, from the Wyoming Valley living there now, um, Bob Taylor of Carbondale is playing the coach. Thomas Tomeo of Scranton is playing uh, Phil, who is the local businessman and kind of the, uh, the money man of the mayoral campaign of George, who is up for a tough re-election. And George Sikowski is played by Dr. Christopher Snyder. And then rounding out the cast are the two Daly brothers, um, the older brother James, who is a junior high school principal, and his younger brother, Tom, who is kind of a, the man apart in this situation. He hasn't been to the last number of reunions. He's known, um, basically, that his life has fallen apart. He is a drunk. Um, he has some serious personal problems himself. But when he comes back to this 20th anniversary reunion, in many ways, he kind of is the audience cipher for the kind of... You know, puffed up macho bravado, the pomposity, the nostalgia kind of running the lives of his, uh, of his brother and his former friends. And so the way that he comments on that, in many ways, he's kind of like Jason Miller putting himself into the show. Um, Jason Miller himself is well-documented, had to battle his own demons with alcoholism and with uh, um, other various issues. And in some ways, he kind of channels that into the character of Tom, which uh, Tom is played by Tim Solaric of Freeland. Matthew Bubble is playing the part of the older brother, James Daly. What kind of a message are you hoping as the director that the audience takes away from your production? That's a good question. Um, We're not going to be walking out snapping fingers and tapping toes and and laughing. And, uh, so it's, it's a different type of of a show that people might, you know, obviously it, it has a wonderful book, it has a wonderful story, but when you took this on, what did you hope that you would hear as the audience is leaving the theater? Well, it's, um, it, it is funny in, in much of the very snappy dialogue and back and forth between the characters, but it's not a comedy. It very clearly is a drama. Um, and I think some of it's, comedy doesn't necessarily even derive from the uh, the one-liners and the comebacks from on each other but 
it lies more in irony. It lies more in that the fact that these, you know, these are not men that you want to emulate. These are men that you can certainly feel sympathy with, um, that you can kind of see in, you know, many sort of uh, types of people in our area and, and across the country. And they have certain points where you, you feel for them. But at the same time, I think Jason Miller has intended to give us a sort of critical distance from those men and those types of men to kind of look at them, the, the ways in which they never really grew up and the ways, um, the ways that we can almost see perhaps our own failings or our own shortcomings reflected in them. When you have the distance of seeing other people saying and doing those things, that gives you kind of the distance to at first judge them and perhaps harshly. And they use, you know, as is typical of what we call affectionately coal cracker country. You know, <laughs> these are all ethnic guys and they have some very specific feelings towards other ethnicities as well. Uh-huh. And you're right. It's one, it's one thing when you, you, you might hear that, you know, um, kind of tossed off, um, almost, you know, offhandedly at a, at a local bar or among some folks who are talking to each other. But when you see it up on stage, the audience might have a little gasp about that and think, huh. it's, a, it's a show that the, the language as well as the, the offhandedness, the, the casualness of the, the comments that certainly, you know, will ring to us as racist and could ring to us as bigoted, kind of roll off these guys' tongues, gives us the chance to step back and think, well, you know, who, how many among us have said something like that, you know, as a thrown-off remark? How many among us, you know, might have these ideas, but when they're reflected back to us, it looks very different. And again, it's kind of like the way It's kind of like the way that when you think of how you look, uh, you have a certain image in your mind of your appearance. But when you look in a mirror, it turns out that this image that you had might not always be accurate. In some ways, this play is a mirror to northeastern Pennsylvania. Um, and I think that was a part of Jason Miller's intention. He he definitely has a deep affection and understanding for the people of our area and the people of our community, but it is not uncritical and it is not flattering. And it's not a bad thing to look at ourselves in that way. And that's what I think this play offers and welcomes us to do. The, the transition and the way that people grow up and you, you go in and you're thinking, well, we're going to see 2019. You're not. You're, right. You're, yeah. They, they, there's even a line in the show, you know, it's 1972. We should be modern men. And that, that rings a little bit differently when the show was written in 1972 versus watching it now in 2019. Right. But I think an interesting thing is how much things have not changed among uh, among people of a of a certain age group and among a certain um, not even a certain age group, I don't want to say that. But how many how much things have not changed in terms of uh, the way people interact with each other, the way they grow up or don't grow up in this area in the ensuing forty years? Right. A lot of this still sounds like the things that people say and the way that they say it today. 
Well, it'll, it certainly gives the audience a different perspective, and sometimes that's good in a theater production rather than just coming out and humming the tune or tapping your toes or, you know, any anything, because sometimes you also need that little bit of different way of thinking, and it's, it's definitely a conversation starter. So you've had a successful weekend. We caught up with you, and you have performances this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Can you give us the details? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, our, our first weekend is in the books, and now the uh, the next two performances that we have, the final two performances, are Saturday, the 25th of May at 7 p.m., and Sunday, the 26th at 3 p.m., and that's at the Pennsylvania Theater of Performing Arts, the J.J. Ferrara Center in downtown Hazleton. The address is 212 West Broad Street, and tickets are available at the door, cash check, credit, or debit card. Um, If large groups are coming and want to be guaranteed to sit together, it's advised that you call ahead for reservations, even though this this weekend is a show-only performance. Our first weekend was the show at dinner. And to call ahead for reservations, the number is 570-454-5451. And I'm going to put you on the spot. I know you're, you're involved in this show. What's next? Oh, what's next? Well, um, what's next is big, and we're really looking forward to it. We have three weekends of uh, the first American musical, if you will, uh, the precursor to the Sensation Hamilton, uh, a sensation in its own time, 1776. So big musical, lots of guys, and I'll be intimately involved in that one as well. Hope to see you there. There are always wonderful theater productions happening throughout our area on any given weekend. This one, that championship season at the Pennsylvania Theater of Performing Arts in Hazleton. Now don't go away. Coming up this week, it's the inaugural Lackawanna County Heritage Fair happening at Montage Mountain. You won't want to miss the information on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Did you know there is a Lackawanna Heritage Fair? Armand Olivetti is here to tell us all about it. I can't believe we're going to actually have a Lackawanna County Heritage Fair, Armand. Tell us. This is so exciting. This has been about three years in the making. Several years ago, uh, the county commissioners looked for volunteers to appoint three study commissions. Uh, the, the only one that made it this far was the one to study a county fair. And we reported out about, after about a year and a half to two years of studying, we reported back around this time last year and indicated that we thought a fair could be successful if the theme uh, were heritage, which would include things like agriculture, for example, so that we would uh, qualify as a, as a state agricultural fair. But we also wanted to emphasize, because of our industrialized past, we wanted to emphasize the heritage theme, too. And uh, we also felt that the best time to stage it would be early in the season rather than later in the season because we did not want to compete with uh, other regional fairs, uh, church picnics, mm. firemen's carnivals, things like that. So, so when is it? It is the Wednesday after Memorial Day weekend. That would be May 29th this year. It runs Wednesday through Sunday, May 29th through June 2. Where? 
Montage Mountain Resort. Now, I think that I'm asking you these questions right up front because I don't think many people have actually realized it's going to happen. Right. We're just at the point now where we're starting to push it. Yeah. uh, We've been involved in the nitty-gritty of organizing it, and our own media people have been telling us, wait until the beginning of May to make the push. So we're pushing. Okay. Well, we're <laughs> that's why here. you and I are here today. We're here to help you push. Now you've been showing me, and there's so much. So yeah. you're going to have to come back. Okay. But um, let's talk a little bit about the location. So it's at Montage, right. Which is at at the top of the mountain. Correct. You would have to get off at the Montage exit, go up all the way to the top of the mountain road. That's about two two and a quarter miles. And a lot of people are familiar with that, with concerts and skiing and right. the water park and everything right. else. We're right next door to the pavilion where all the concerts take place. And hopefully we'll be able to use a portion of that parking lot for overflow parking. But the fair itself will be situated at Montage Mountain Resort. Approximately half of the parking lot will be devoted to the upper campus of the fair. Uh, The other half of the parking lot will be for parking, obviously. And then the lower campus, which would be where the lodge is and the ski sales shop and the water park and whatnot, that's what we call the lower campus, will be where the heritage component of the fair is. The upper campus will be the more traditional agricultural fairgrounds. When we're talking about this now, of course, we're, people are used to going to fairs and all kinds of other events. Mm-hmm. What are you charging? The admission price is $10. That includes your parking. The water park montage has been great. Uh, they're making their water park features available. They are also making the chairlift available as part of the admission price of $10. $10? Yes. The only upcharge once you're inside, as far as the rides are concerned, is the zip line. The zip line will also be functional, but that's an upcharge payable to montage. So you have that on top of everything else that you have put together for $10? Right, and that includes the carnival rides, too. Carnival rides? Yes. Where? Wow. We have Swika Amusements out of Scott Township. Again, we're, we're trying Keeping to be... it local. Right, as, as much as we can. We want, we want to celebrate local heritage. Swika's here. And they're providing the carnival rides. Uh, They'll have their usual carnival rides plus four or five or six what we call mega rides, the large Ferris wheels, uh, the fun houses, things like that he's bringing in. We're hoping, and we're not sure yet that we can get it here, but uh, he's, uh, he's affiliated with other vendors. They help each other with rides. And one of the other vendors just brought in a new, I'm going to call it a Ferris wheel. I don't know if that's the correct term that they use, but the uh, the gondola-type Ferris wheel ride oh. just made in Europe. It's state-of-the-art. Uh, if we can get it here, it will it will be its North American debut nice. at the local fair. Uh, it's, it's apparently in the western part of the state being assembled. The problem is that the engineering paperwork hasn't caught up with the ride yet. Ah. Until that happens, the state cannot approve the ride. And it's all about safety. Exactly. And so we want to make sure everybody understands that it's all about safety. Right. In fact, Mr. Swecker used to be a state ride inspector. Ah, so he's real careful. So he's right on top of it. (laughs) And if the paperwork catches up with us and we can get it approved, fine. We'll have it this year. If not, we'll have it next year. We'll have something there one way or the other. We'll have a mega gondola ride. So what's the upper campus now? 
The upper campus is the is the parking lot. If you're familiar with Montage Mountain, when you go up to the road, you make a left into the parking lot. Approximately half of it, it would be the half closest to where the uh, chair lifts mm-hmm. uh, and the and the uh, that little cul-de-sac. Cul-de-sac, kinda, thank you. Yeah, uh, is uh, that will be the main gate, and the carnival rides will be situated there together with uh, the traditional fair vendors. And we'll, we're going to have two performing stages. The stage in the upper campus of the fair will be the traditional performance stage for bands and dancers and things like that. And we'll have a uh, – La Festa is allowing us to use their stage for the lower campus, which will be the stage for the heritage-related performances. Such as? We are going to have – well, let me see if I brought my well, list and we here also, with me. We also want to let our, our listeners know that this is still developing. So even though Armand tells us some of the people who are going to be here, there's a there's a better-than-even chance that when the day arrives, there could be added names to the list. And I'm glad you said that. If there's anyone out there listening to us who is interested <laughs> in, in taking in, part exactly give us a call like or actually what you should do i say give us a call but obviously we're, we're talking about being technologically <laughs> obsolete before we went on the air lackawanna county heritage fair.com is the website and that'll connect you to facebook twitter things like that if you're interested contact us and let us know especially so if you're a vendor right so there's no there's really no end date i mean if somebody has something and they say oh i just found out about it armand says come on in come on in right okay so what do we have for the heritage stage? well to give you an example we have the uh, lackawanna historical society providing us with many speakers oh uh, we have people who will be speaking about labor unrest, uh, Lithuanian immigration. We have a presentation about Louisa May Alcott and Little Women. I'm not sure what that's about, but it's on the list. Uh, We have uh, Dom Keating from Dunmore talking about rail passenger service in Lackawanna County in in the 1940s. Oh, and they're still trying to bring it back. Right. Uh, We have... uh, Mr. Powell talking to us about Carbondale, the D&H Gravity Railroad, the Welch in northeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, we have Bob Savakinas, who's going to present a video on the old Rocky Glen Park. If you oh, are old enough ex- to remember Rocky yes, Glen, yes, indeed. Yeah, and he's going to, and there's a video as and a lecture in oh. connection with Rocky Glen Park. We have a, a very a wonderful woman named Stephanie Longer. You may have seen her book around. She does uh, ethnic groups in Lackawanna County or northeastern Pennsylvania. She's going to talk about the Italians in Lackawanna County. And now all this is happening over all of the days. It's not like it's just so you must have a list of all this. Right. It's, these are all going to be spread across the five days of the fair. They won't be continuous. They'll right. be, uh, somebody will be talking maybe one or two days out of the five. But we'll have a list of it available and published so that people can plan around it. Now, one of the other things, too, that you uh, showed me was that there are going to be displays in the lodge. Everybody's going to be there from the Anthracite Heritage Museum uh, to the Shriners to the Knights of Columbus, the Scranton School District, the Lackawanna County 4-H, good friend of ours. Also, the uh, Taylor Library, Act of Disabilities, all kinds of things. Now, what about traditional musical entertainment? Are, are, I know you're going to have the upper campus stage. Right. 
we uh, I should mention that as far as the heritage uh, component is concerned, I think we've lined up a Ukrainian choir, a Ukrainian church choir. We're trying to work on a Russian church choir. And I think we also have approached the, uh, I think their their name is the Scranton Knights. It's the choral group from the Scranton School District. Yes. And there's a, a, and I apologize to the people from the Mid-Valley. You're going to be upset with me. I can't remember the name of the Valley View Choral Group. But we're, we've approached those two in particular uh, to see if they would be willing to perform for us as well. And again, here's where it comes in. If you have a group and you're listening, contact us. Get a hold of Armand. We also have uh, been in contact with uh, a performer. I won't give names yet because I'm not sure if we have it finally lined up. Uh, but she's from Lackawanna County and is an opera singer. Oh. <gasps> And we're trying to get her lined up to do some operatic performances for us on the on the lower yes on the lower stage. I don't want to I don't want to name names until we know it's definite. But uh, as far as the upper uh, campus is concerned, the uh, traditional fairgrounds, we have a larger performing arts stage up there, and we have entertainment booked for every day of the fair, starting at around noon and going until closing, which, depending upon the day of the week, will either be 10 or 11 o'clock. And is it true that even some people who said that they have retired from the entertainment business are actually going to come out again? If we're talking about the Longo brothers, that is correct. <laughs> And anybody who knows them knows they are... They used to be the poets. Exactly. Right. This is so exciting. And we hope that they're bringing along that young fellow from the Abingtons area who is the Elvis performer. And he's how old? I think he's around 16, 15, 16, 17 in that range. He's in his mid-teens. And there are also, of course, food vendors. Lots of them. And I'm going to uh, mention one in particular at the risk of offending the others. I mean, we have the traditional uh, kitchen tchotchkes that goes along with the, <laughs> a county fair. But we, we've been trying to bring in uh, church vendors, for example, or the, the firemen's uh, uh, volunteer fire associations. One thing we've learned about trying to do a heritage-type fair over five days is that uh, the churches and the firemen – just can't be there for five days at a time. You know, if it was a weekend, and we may have to rethink the business model next year. If it was two or three days, they'd have been lined up. Right. But five, it's just tough for them to staff it. Uh, but we did get uh, the Lebanese church in West Scranton, St. Anne's, to come in. They're going to be there for all five days uh, with their, uh, uh, I'm going to call it a Lebanese food festival. It's going to be terrific. And then we have um, other local food vendors who are going to be there. For example, Ravello's Pizza. On the upper uh, campus now, under the tents, and maybe just a quick description of what that upper campus is going to look like, the carnival is going to be set out in the middle, and then around the perimeter of the fairgrounds will be, in the upper campus, tents and food trucks. On the lower campus, where the buildings are, we'll have the outdoor stage and everything else should be indoors or under a tent somewhere on the lower campus. I guess this isn't really qualifying as food, but people will recognize it. Peggy's marinades and dipping sauces that Absolutely. are carried locally. <laughs> She's going to be there. Colorusso's Cafe from Clark Summit will be there. And just so everybody's aware now, we're at a fair, so that means that the food is not in the admission price. Right. This is all in addition to the admission price. The rides are included. The food is not. Right. 
conflict. Now, the other thing, too, is you mentioned the uh, upper campus, and you're going to have an entertainment stage there. Right. But you're also going to have things that are happening in that area as well, such as wine. There's going to be, uh, in the area where the uh, stage is in the upper campus, the area in front of the stage will be, a part of it will be enclosed, and within that enclosed area will be craft beer vendors, and we're having a craft beer competition, and uh, about a half a dozen or so local wineries, which will provide free sampling. If you want to buy wine by the glass, you can purchase it by the glass, and you can purchase wine by the bottle, but you won't be able to open it on the fairgrounds. You can take it home with you. And we have some really great local participating wineries. And you've, it's amazing that you've kept everything so local. <laughs> yeah, well, wow. that's the whole idea behind the local heritage fair. You know, yeah. we're trying to... People well, don't realize what's out there. And that's that was the whole concept behind what we were doing. We selected the location, Montage, we if the if the eventually we hope to be able to grow the fair so that we can incorporate the performing arts pavilion just below the the ski slopes there and also pnc field mm-hmm. so that we can show people uh, what's available in the area because there are people who've never been to some of those facilities. And one of the other things um, that I think we might want to mention at this point is you have mentioned earlier in our interview about if somebody has something that they would like to add on, you're not just focusing, even though it's called Lackawanna County Heritage Fair. We are encouraging anybody from anywhere in northeastern Pennsylvania who feels that they have something to offer to the fair and to the people who we expect to come to the fair. Contact us. Tell us what you want to do. And if we can, we'll find a spot for you. And it just so happens that Lackawanna County is close to Montage, but Luzerne yes. County is not too far. Northern Luzerne County is literally right over the top of the mountain from exactly. Montage. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's another good thing. Mm-hmm. Now, you have some wineries there? Yes, we have. If I'm looking here, it looks like we have seven lined up so far. We have Lucci's. Uh, we have one, speaking of that, coming out of Wilkes-Barre, Malakari, if I'm not mispronouncing it. No, you are correct. Yep. You've, and the, from the look on your face, you've been there and done oh, that. I, yes, indeed. Okay, so that was a good choice? Absolutely. All right. I hope they bring some ice cream. Now, we have uh, what, what's listed here is Center City Wine Cellar, but that was the uh, vendor who had been in the Mohegan Sun. That was... Um, Crossings Vineyards, oh, I yes. believe. Yes, yes, They're yes. out of the uh, Bucks County area, and they have award-winning wines coming out of southeastern Pennsylvania there. They're now in in the uh, marketplace at Steamtown, and they go under the trade name Center City Wine Cellar, so they're going to be there. Case Quattro out of Peckville, Capra Colina out of Blakely, Mucholo out of Old Forge, and Merrill Lake Winery out of Childs. Nice. And there were others that were interested, but the timing was bad. Mm. Well, So next year, hopefully, we'll have even more. That's why it's nice to be in on the ground floor of yeah, this, yeah. because there is so much more, and you're going to learn so much. I want to be at that meeting the morning <laughs> after you close yeah, everything up. Oh, yep. I want to be at we're that We're going to have meeting. a debriefing. <laughs> now, when and where again is this going to be? It starts Wednesday, the 29th of May at Montage Mountain Resort, and it runs through the following Sunday, June 2. And uh, the fair will open at uh, noon on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. On Saturday and Sunday, I believe we open at 11 a.m., and the rides will open at 11 on the weekends. During the week, they, I believe they open at 4 o'clock. 
one of the things that we didn't mention before was as far as the rides are concerned, the kids can get a, a, a wristband? Yes. Uh, what will happen, first of all, kids under two are free. And there will be some rides that they can ride on, and they may require bringing an adult along with them to ride on the ride. Uh, but uh, anyone will re- anyone who enters, for that matter, whether they go on the rides or not, will receive a wristband. And that band will get you on everything except the zip line. The zip line, from what I understand, will be operational, but that's an upcharge payable montage. Right. The chairlift is included. The water park features are included. All of the uh, amusement rides are included. $10. And the entertainment, right. The entertainment is included, too. There's no charge. $10. Correct. And the only thing you're going to pay for is the food and the beverages that you decide to partake in while you're there. Correct. Parking's even included. Parking's included, right. Oh, wow. Do, do they? Do the people know that you've done this, Armin? Uh, I am hoping that they do, but if they don't, they should know now, Paula. Now that you know, mark the calendar for May 29th through June 2nd. Thanks again, Armand, for joining us and giving us all the details about the upcoming inaugural Lackawanna County Heritage Fair that starts this coming Wednesday, May 29th at Montage Mountain in Music. Sounds like it's going to be a great time and certainly an opportunity for you to get out and enjoy the area. Speaking of things that are happening, of course, this weekend is Memorial Day weekend, Memorial Day being Monday. Many local parades are being held on Monday in order to commemorate the day. Some of those we'd like to tell you about right now. The annual Westside Memorial Day Parade steps off Monday morning at 1030 at Market Street and Wyoming Avenue in Kingston. The parade will go down Wyoming Avenue to the 44th Cemetery, where a program will then be held. The parade lineup again begins at 10. The parade steps off at 10.30. There will be many members of the community taking part, including American Legion posts, VFWs, some Shriners will be there, as well as many others. Also on Memorial Day Monday, it's the 137th annual Memorial Day Parade in Ashley. The parade there will begin in the morning at 9 a.m. stepping off, and a parade flyover will be held at 9.20 a.m. Parade Marshal is Rick Orovic. Guest speaker is Colonel Paul Oric, who fought in Iraq as the multinational forces Iraq Deputy Chief of Staff for Iraqi logistics plans. He's a 31-year veteran who served throughout the world. He's a recipient of the Bronze Star, among others. Again, that's the 137th annual Memorial Day Parade, this coming Monday morning, stepping off at 9 a.m. in Ashley. Once again, many will be taking part, including area Boy Scout troops, as well as Knights of Columbus, and of course, American Legion posts as well. The Dallasboro 
Memorial Day Parade will be held Monday morning at 9 a.m. in the Back Mountain. And a reminder that Memorial Highway, State Route 415, will be completely closed to traffic from Center Hill Road to the Dallas Roundabout and other portions of Main Street, Lake Street, Church Street, and East Center Hill Road will be at least partially closed to traffic during the parade and the ceremony. And once again, that is in Dallas, and the parade and services start at 9 a.m. Monday morning. There are many other activities that will be taking part throughout our area in order to commemorate Memorial Day on Monday. If you know of one, by all means, stop by, enjoy, and salute our veterans. Now, don't go away. Coming up next, a program that's coming to the Mohegan Sun Arena in Wilkes-Barre Township the beginning of June. If you need dental work or know someone who does, this is the place to be, and it's all free. You won't want to miss the information on this coming up on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. If you've been putting off dental work, no matter what the reason, including if you don't have insurance or even if you do, you can visit Mohegan Sun Arena in June. Dr. Richard Grossman, Dr. Chris Kocek are here to tell us about it. It's unbelievable to think that coming up in June, you're going to have estimates of 2,000 people coming to Mohegan Sun Arena in Wilkes-Barre Township for dental services. Dr. Grossman, how is this? how did all this come about? A number of years ago, a dentist from uh, down south uh, made a presentation of the American Dental Association and uh, with a clinic that he performed down there to offer free dental services to the public. And the American Dental Association, the Pennsylvania Dental Association, thought it was such a good idea. We formed our own group of Mom and PA, Mission of Mercy, in Pennsylvania. And we started uh, performing these clinics, holding these clinics uh, throughout the state. It's been in Philadelphia, Harrisburg, Allentown, Pittsburgh, Erie, and Reading. And a number of the local dentists from our area thought it would be good to offer this clinic to our community here in northeastern Pennsylvania. So that's where it will be held in Wilkes-Barre Township at the Mohegan Sun Arena, June 7th and 8th. Dr. Kotzik, um, when we're talking about something such as this, w- normally when you think of a clinic, you think of going in and maybe there's children there and they're getting their teeth cleaned or something like that. But this is going to be so much more than just teeth cleaning. Yes, this is going to provide really comprehensive care for the emergent uh, problems that these patients will be having. We're trying to get them out of pain uh, and really get them on the road to better dental health. So when they do come, not only will they have dental treatment, they will also have a medical exam to make sure that they're healthy enough for treatment that day. Uh, But most importantly, once they receive all their treatment, and this treatment includes everything from a dental cleaning to dental restorations, to root canal therapy, to dental extractions, Um, But once they leave, uh, the most important thing really is that we try to get them established in what we call a dental home so that they can go on from this event and continue on uh, with comprehensive dental treatment uh, in the future. This, it just sounds like such a major, because when anybody, any of our listeners go to the dentist, 
We know we go in, we get x-rays once in a while, we have a checkup, and then we might have to get fillings. And so how, I just can't fathom how you're going to be able to do all this with 2,000 people, and it's a first-come, first-served basis. I guess it's my turn now. I'm jumping back in. It's Dr. Grossman again. Uh, We're going to have dentists from all over the state, possibly from out of the state. They'll be all specialists, even uh, uh, Dr. Kochik, who's an oral maxillofacial surgeon. We'll have a lot of oral surgeons. We'll have endodontists, specialists who perform root canals. Uh, We'll have a lot of general dentists who will be doing fillings or what we would call restorations. We'll have hygienists who can clean teeth. We'll be taking x-rays. Uh, this We'll have about 130 dental chairs set up. People will move from one station to the next. The one thing I do want to stress is if you're going to come, uh, please bring a list of the medications that you're on so that you can receive the treatment that, you're, uh, uh, that, that you require. And if you, if you are coming, you could end up having an extraction. So what happens? You know, normally, again, you go get an extraction, you have to go and get blood work, you have to get tests, you have to... Dr. Kachik, what happens there? You don't necessarily need to have blood tests uh, or any of that, depending on your medical history, of course, but that's where uh, the medical triage comes into play. Unfortunately, there may be some patients that may have uh, medical issues that may not allow us... Whether their blood sugar is too high, whether they're on a blood thinner where their uh, values might be too high for us to treat. Not that we won't treat somebody who's on a blood thinner, we will, uh, but there are certain blood thinners that we require blood tests, which we will provide there, but there are certain criteria in which um, it has to meet in order for us to treat them safely. But, you know, the other thing we also have to think about is, well, some of these patients, what happens when they have uh, a problem maybe after that day? We do have that safety net set up where we do have a number of volunteers um, that will be uh, contacted uh, through kind of a, a liaison that we have set up that has a phone that has the number um, that is on the post-operative uh, care sheet once they leave. So any issues, they call that number, and then that person then directs them to who they need to see um, if there is any issues post-operatively. I just think that this is amazing. I applaud you for bringing something like this and making it possible. Dr. Grossman, it's free. It, it's free. <laughs> no questions asked. Uh, no, uh, it, it is not income-based. Uh, it, as Dr. Kochik said, it's first come, first serve. You'll have to pr- wait in line uh, to go through a registration process where we will take your medical history and you'll remove. Then uh, a dentist will check out, uh, check your uh, mouth out to see what really is required. And from there on, you move from uh, one area to the next to receive treatment. Uh, I've, I've done this in the past four years. Dr. Kochik has done this in the past. And uh, it's really amazing uh, uh, the, the work that is really accomplished. And I encourage anyone out there who really is in dire need of seeking dental treatment, please come. Uh, we really do not want to discourage anyone uh, from coming. Uh, even if you feel language is a problem, we're going to go out of our way to try to have translators there. So uh, please uh, try to take advantage of this. And while we're talking about that, it's not just the Chris and Richard show. You are going to have to have a 
Wow. How many volunteers? Well, we, we aim to uh, get about 1,000 volunteers. So we will have uh, dentists, we'll have dental staff, we'll have nurses, doctors, physician's assistants, nurse practitioners, EMTs, pharmacists, lab, uh, lab staff. But really, most importantly, is we need a lot of lay, uh, lay people to, to volunteer because just having 2,000 patients or 1,000 patients a day, just maneuvering this number of people through the clinic and helping uh, get them from place to place and making sure that everything moves efficiently. And uh, translators, this is something that we're really in dire need of, especially those who are bilingual in Spanish uh, and English, because um, we are going to have, we are, we are estimating um, that we will have a number of these patients who will require some assistance with translation. So, so we're really looking for that. But, but anybody who is interested, uh, they can go to the website, www.mom-n-pa.com and register and you follow the prompts and they'll show you where we really need the volunteers because there are several um, sections on the uh, registration page uh, where we'll let you know where we need the most help. And translators right now is one of the places. And you mentioned the fact that it's not you don't have to be a medical professional to volunteer. No. Not at all. In fact, uh, as I was uh, mentioning uh, previously in a different interview, uh, my mother, who lives in Florida, who will be 92 tomorrow, heard about it, and she made plans to fly up here. She said she could sit at a chair and register people. So we need pe- uh, people out there to come and help. No one, once they register, is left alone. We need uh, uh, someone just to even walk them from one area to the next uh, so that we we need people to uh, – we have to feed some of the volunteers. We need people even just to help serve food to the volunteers. So this is really a very complicated uh, process, and we need your help. So we're asking you to go on the website and volunteer. That is absolutely amazing. I can't even I can't even fathom that many people being at the arena, going through this process, and as as you said, you're you're talking about nothing's. I mean, anything that can happen in teeth you're going to be equipped to do. That's amazing. Majority of, of things, I Majority. would say. There are a couple <laughs> of things that require um, some lab work that needs to be sent away and takes time, such as uh, crowns and bridges, things like that. Um, I did have a question brought to my attention asking if we uh, will be doing crowns. but that, Repairs? Uh, that is not uh, a possibility just because of what needs to be done. Repairs, um, they can do... Um, for some patients, uh, depending, uh, they may even be able to get a replacement tooth, some something temporary or something that's removable. Um, we we may be able to provide that service as well. Uh, but again, really, the, the the most important thing we find is we want to try to get emergent needs taken care of, get these patients comfortable, out of pain, and again, get them set into a dental home so that um, they can continue to uh, have the dental treatment that they need. And, and, and keep them healthy. There's a lot of people uh, out in our community who don't realize there's certain clinics that are available to them. And so we're going to try to get, uh, we'll, we'll have some of these different clinics at the arena that as you are completing your treatment, hopefully, as Dr. Kochik said, we'll be able to educate you or get you in touch with these clinics so that you can follow up and so that we do not leave people in the lurch. Dr. Kochik, well, the thing that is really amazing is that within 
one day we convert an arena into a giant dental clinic. And just to see that happen before your eyes is amazing. The doors open, I think, around 6 a.m. for people to start uh, registering. And there will be free parking at the arena. And we're hoping that people, if they need uh, public transportation, that uh, we'll be able to somehow get that provided also. And that website, one more time. And you also have a Facebook page, too. We have a Facebook page uh, for mom-n-pa. We have the website, www.mom-n-pa.com. We also are on Instagram. Mark those dates on the calendar, June 7th and 8th at Mohegan Sun Arena at Casey Plaza in Wilkes-Barre Township. It's first come, first serve, and it's all free. Whether you have or don't have dental insurance, free dental services are being held those days, and you can find out more by going to mom-in-in. PA.com. That's M O N hyphen the letter N hyphen PA.com. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories, a production of Intercom Communications. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.